230-0980. Jay Gruden joined us at 10 and said, look, if you're sitting there at 1-5, and five, get 10 days to get ready for the next game. You just benched William Jackson, so they're not afraid to bench that high-priced player. If Carson Wentz's decision-making still leads to you know, negative results, even though he threw for 359 yards yesterday, you know, do you consider making a change at that position? And I, Chris, I still swear, if they make a change, it's Hal, not Heineke. That would be where I go well, if that's I not, make that I mean, decision. I mean, that's because at course, one in five, we're playing for the future, right? The only way you could do the Howell over Heineke thing is after Chicago. You can't obviously. Right. That's what I'm saying. And you wouldn't right, and you wouldn't do it now, as we talked about last week. Even if Carson had sucked yesterday, they wouldn't have done Howell over Heineke for Thursday night, right? right. Correct. We agree on that. So the problem is. We don't know where Sam Howell is in terms of his development, in terms of his mastery of the scheme, the playbook, terminology, all of that. We have no idea, Pete, because he doesn't take he doesn't take starter reps, obviously. He doesn't even take backup reps in practice. As a matter of fact, he runs the scout team in practice, mm-hmm. right? So how much does he know? How much has he learned? I mean, I presume he knows more than he did when we last saw him. But how much does he know? We don't know the answer to that and nobody can watch practice, so nobody can even reasonably see where he's at. You assume he knows more than he did in late August, but what if that's not good enough? I don't know. So for that reason alone, I don't sit here, just this is me. I don't sit here and go, oh, uh, if Carson Wentz craps the bed on Thursday night, which is possible, right? The Bears defense can get after it a little bit. I mean, you think, like, Tennessee had linebackers sitting in holes, right? What what do you think Roquan Smith is going to do? Did you see Roquan Smith, though, get absolutely undressed in the middle of the field yesterday by Dalvin Cook? I did not see that. Yeah. Okay, so on a run or a Run, or run screen, play at the or... goal line. Run play at the goal line. Roquan breaks down. And Cook gives him a little shake. Roquan went left. Shake. Roquan went left. Mm-hmm. Dalvin went the other way. Hey, listen, Dalvin Cook's pretty good too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Roquan stays man is to stay healthy. Roquan Smith is not like this all-world linebacker well, like people think he is. But Roquan Smith is a better than you know what the Commanders have number one. But more importantly, my point is if you look at what Tennessee did yes, and I haven't watched enough of the Bears to know, but. You know, most teams play more zone than man, right? Mm -hmm. If you look at what Tennessee did on that fourth and four decision we were talking about last hour, right, where uh, the caller called up and said, well, if they would have, you know, gone forward, uh, if they would have kicked the field goal instead of the fourth and four, they would have, you know, presuming that they made the field goal, you know, Ron wouldn't have, they, they would have only been down by one, then Joey Sly only would have needed a field goal, they wouldn't have needed a touchdown, so on. I mean, we can play the if, whatever game. Here's my point. If you think that Tennessee had guys on that fourth and four, on the game-sealing interception, on the third down before the fourth and four. Those are three plays that jump out in my mind right away. There was another play that got, uh, I think it was Jeffrey Simmons, but not a linebacker, where a pass gets swatted away, knocked down, what have you. Pete, if you think that that's a problem, what do you think every team is going to do starting Thursday night and, and following up with what Tennessee did? They're just going to say, okay, we're going to play zone, so that 
we don't get the lid taken off of us uh, or, or it lessens the opportunity for us to get the lid taken off of us. It doesn't always work, but we it lessens it. And then on top of that, more importantly, our linebackers are going to drop out into zones or stay in zones and just read Carson Wentz's eyes because he doesn't manipulate safeties. He doesn't manipulate linebackers. He doesn't manipulate coverage. And he, and, and he, he stares down everything. And we could just literally sit there and camp out and knock stuff away or pick it off or undercut stuff because we know he's got to get rid of the ball quick. We know that... Again, he's locking in on receivers, not locked on. No, no, no. That's that's fine podcast that David Harrison and I do. The Locked On Commanders podcast. But my point being is, you see where I'm coming? So I just see, like, Roquan Smith is going to come up with an interception on Thursday night. And by the way, when he does, assuming that that's the first one of the night, you know what that means? What does that mean? Well, my friend, I'm glad you asked. That means... In what do they have played five games so far? Yes. Yeah. In game six, if the Bears come away with one interception, whether it be Roquan or somebody else, in game six, Carson Wentz would have tied his interception total from all of last year in yeah. 17 games. Throwing the ball 10 times more than he did I last year, though. That's, that's the thing. Also, understand. by the way, here's a couple of staggering numbers Dallas Cowboys this season have scored three more points than the Commanders, yet they're 4-1. and one. Okay? I mean, sometimes it's making plays when you have to make them. Do you know who has scored the least amount of points in the NFC this year? The conference as a whole? The conference as a whole. My, I'm going to take a wild shot and say Green Bay or the Rams. 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 Okay. With 80 points. Yeah. That's it. They yeah. scored eighty yeah. points. And now their offensive line is shredded mozzarella, right? And, and 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 you know, obviously, some other guys outside of Cooper Cup are not playing as well. Most only notably, Washington, Matthew Stafford. Only Washington has a worse point differential than the Rams do at minus thirty six. Bears are next with eighty six, and then comes Washington right. with ninety points. So Washington has scored the third most point or third least amount of points. But the the staggering part is Dallas, despite not having Dak has only scored 93 points, yet they're 4-1 because, as Jay talked about with us, their defense has been spectacular so far this season. And only the 49ers have allowed fewer points in the NFC right now. So think about this. Dallas and San Francisco are do not have the quarterbacks that they started the season with, mm-hmm. and yet both teams right now are combined 7-3 and three as a result. Yeah. Plus I mean, 68. I mean, and when you throw in the fact that, like, just, just for instance, the Giants, right, who are, uh, what, 4-1? and one? Yep. Um, Daniel Jones is banged up. Ankle. Bo- both of their top rece- – their three top receivers perceived on paper, Kenny Galladay, Kadarius Toney, and Sterling Shepard are all either out for the year, haven't been available, or suck. Daniel Jones is banged up, maybe played his best game as a pro yesterday. Uh, resilient as you know what. Uh, you know, hanging in there, almost turned the ball over and got injured all on the same play again. Um, and yet they still bounce back from 17-3. I think the league, and maybe I'm wrong on this, and this is why, like, when 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 people say, oh my God, you know, the, the commanders, 
I think the Commanders can beat some top-end teams every once in a while, i.e. the Bucks last year. Um, I think they can hang in there against, you know, pretty good teams or really good teams. Not all the time, but for the most part. The difference is, is when the Commanders play against teams that are beatable. And I understand that, oh, we've got big breaking NFL news in a sec. Um, so why don't you get the uh, DuckDuckGo sponsorship out there? Because- and by the way, while we're talking point differential and how how skewed it is, yeah. do you know who scored the most points in the NFC? Their yeah. record is 1-4. in four. Uh, Arizona? Detroit. No, no, Arizona's got, oh, right, Detroit. Right, 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 right. And yet, how many points did they score yesterday? Uh, that would be zero. A, a bagel. A I guess bagel. my boy, Bailey Zappi. Right. Okay. So, so real quickly, what I guess what I'm saying, what, what I'm trying to say is, you know, point score point. I think the commanders can on their best day play with some of the top end tier teams in this league. What they can rare, what they rarely do, Pete, rarely, not ever, rarely is win games that are winnable. That are winnable, like yesterday's game was winnable. Even though Tennessee was a one seed in the playoffs last year, we saw them throw up all over themselves in the playoffs to the Bengals, right? We saw them get off to an 0-2 start. Yes, they had won two in a row. That is as pedestrian of an offense as you can get. The problem is yesterday, Chris. As pedestrian of an offense as you can get. You never made them put the game in Ryan Tannehill's hands. Well, true, true. But but, but the the one time that he needed to make a big play, I mean a really big play, he made it. And actually it was more than one time. He threw a punt. Oh, I mean, but uh, listen, here's the, here's the, like games like yesterday, you have to win that game. Yep. And it's not like they never win that game. They, they did beat six Seattle. Teams, they did beat Carolina last six year. Six teams, Chris, in the NFC right now are two and three. You could have been seven if you'd have won that, yeah. which means you're still right in yeah. the thick of things. Break, right. Breaking news on the Team 980 brought to you by DuckDuckGo. Protect your privacy online for free with DuckDuckGo. Duck, duck, go. Privacy simplified. All right. Here it is. After two and a quarter years, that's it. Matt Rule has been fired. Wow. As head coach of the Carolina Panthers. The team just announcing a 1-4 and four record after the loss at home yesterday uh, to San Francisco on a short week and the long travel. Baker Mayfield, awful again, left the game uh, with a boot. Matt Rule in two and a quarter years, 11-27 and 27 at the helm, a 289 winning percentage. What did we say last year? Seven-year contract? 762. 62. Seven years, 62 million. So think about this. David Tepper. I mean, we talk about Ron's future and whatever. David Tepper now has to pay, now has to pay four plus years of Matt Rule's contract. With seven at sixty-two is like eight and a half million dollars a year. I, th- I believe that works out r- r- like roughly about eight and a half million dollars a year. So he's got to chew about thirty-five million dollars just for Matt Rule. Never mind his staff. I'll make a Never prediction. mind his staff. Matt Rule will be coaching at either Arizona State or Colorado next year in college football. Uh, that's I, I, very possible. He will be back in college what, football what, next year. What about year. Nebraska? Uh, I think Nebraska's probably leaning Leopold at Kansas, but we'll see. What about uh, – uh, he, he was at Baylor before. He was before. at Baylor before. What about if – uh, what's his name? Uh, Aranda? Aranda? Dave Aranda. Aranda. What if he leaves for a different job? 
Could he go back to Baylor? Uh, I guess you could, but yeah. if you're Baylor, the only thing is you'd be worried that he might leave you again. Yeah. But um, Matt so, rules. Matt rule is a competent right. football coach, but just I think handled some things poorly here in Carolina. Well, n- yes, by all accounts, but also I would also say this: like I don't know what his input was on the Sam Darnold trade. But that trade was crippling. Yep. As I said at the time, yes, I'm going to freaking Barry Horowitz myself to death. I said at the time, that terrible trade for Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold sucks. Anybody that thought that Sam Darnold was a better draft pick than Saquon Barkley is a dope. Sorry. No offense. Not true. Sam Darnold stinks. I don't care about injury. That's part of it. But Sam Darnold sucks. Okay, and they made a trade and then guaranteed him a fifth year option before they even saw him play. So you know what he's costing them this year after last year was an abject failure, Pete? He's costing them twenty four million dollars. And only because they got a discount double check on the Baker Mayfield deal were they able to make that work because they didn't have to absorb Baker Mayfield's $18 million remaining for one year. And that's been an abject failure. Now, I don't know exactly what. I don't know exactly what his input was in those two decisions, but he's the head freaking coach of the football team. He's the head coach of the football team. He theoretically has... A pretty good amount of power, even though they ha- they hired Scott Fitterer as their general manager, who came with a lot of acclaim from Seattle, right? I don't know if that was Scott's decision. I don't know if that was Matt's decision. But you would think Matt was somewhat, if not completely, on board with those decisions. So he deserves to get fired. But I would also point out that it's probably, like, the, the situation here is very different. Ron, as we know, has final say. We don't think Matt Rule has final say in Carolina or had final say in Carolina, right? Because otherwise they wouldn't have probably hired Scott Fitterer, which made sense because Matt Rule was a first-time rookie head coach in the NFL. Yes, head coach, successful culture builder, program builder in college, as you just alluded to. I mean, but the guy he couldn't won a temple. Right. He couldn't run a football operation as the final say and the head coach as a rookie Two and a half years ago, right? So it made sense to hire Scott Fitterer, but they did that after hiring Matt Rule, right? So again, who made these decisions? I don't know. But here's what I know. They suck. They made terrible decisions. And I guess if things don't improve, Fitterer could be probably out too. Now, what's also interesting here is Steve Wilkes, who is the former head coach for one year at Arizona and was Ron Rivera's longtime defensive coordinator. And depending on who you believe, depending on who you believe, Steve Wilkes was Ron's choice to be his defensive coordinator here before, for whatever reason, it didn't work out, just like it didn't work out for Jake Peets, who I think is LSU's now offensive coordinator. It didn't work out, and then they quickly moved on to Jack Del Rio. And I don't remember exactly the reason why, it didn't work out uh, between I, Wilkes, I think, was up in Cleveland for a year at the time that Ron was fired. And then 
and then in the process of coming here, so maybe Cleveland didn't allow him out of the contract. I don't know what exactly. And then they ultimately fired him and hired stuff. Uh, you know, and he was not the head coach in Cleveland. He they ultimately brought in Stefanski, and I guess Stefanski moved on. Whatever the case might be. Anyway, the point being is Wilkes is now the interim head coach in Carolina, Pete, and it was possible, quite possible, that he could have been the defensive coordinator here. If you believe the reports and the, I don't know that for sure. Uh, I have not gotten that confirmed. Well, certainly there's a relationship yeah. there, no doubt about it. You, it was kind of curious that he wasn't on the staff at all, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, even if, even if you say, well, he wasn't the defensive coordinator, right? You would have thought he would have been on the staff. So that to me, I would have to go back and do again some double checking. I, I think, I think I remember hearing that Cleveland would not allow him out of his contract at the time. I think. Um, but again, I would have to double check that. Either way, he's the new interim head coach. So now you have Baker Mayfield in a boot, right? You have <laughs> Sam Darnold, who apparently is nowhere close, right? You have PJ Walker. Uh, you've lost Matt Corral. You did that in August for the year. So you have three injured quarterbacks. Possibly PJ Walker starts this week. That was rules guy from Temple, right? Rules guy from Temple, like you said, absolutely. And now he's starting maybe for Steve Wilkes. Now, again, a boot doesn't automatically rule Baker Mayfield out, but it puts it at least in heavy doubt, right? Heavy question. I would like to play Carolina, actually, this week much more than I would like to play the Bears. And without You're question. You're about a team in the toilet bowl right now. Reeling franchise. And, and think that? about it. I mean, I don't know what Matt – Matt clearly wowed David Tepper in the interview process, and Matt's an engaging guy. I can see where that happened, but I think it's when it when it goes this bad this fast, and you're not making any progress. You know, what is different about Washington's situation than Carolina's? I think that's the question. Um. Well, the compare, the, the only thing you can say, Mr. Rooster, the cock only, a doodle do. They're both one and four. Right. The only thing you could say, not this year, not in terms of the last couple of years, but in terms of recent past history, they've had more success. Right. The fifteen and one season, the Super Bowl appearance. That's it. Who, but who, Other than who, that, everything else has been who, a disaster who, in who, Carolina. Who was the coach of that fifteen and one team? Uh, Ronald Eugene. Okay. Right. So. I mean, so what is that, like three winning seasons in 12 years now in Carolina over two different ownerships? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, because Ron had, what, three winning seasons mm-hmm. in 10 years, was it, when he came, when he came here? Oh, or nine years, I can't nine. remember. Nine. And then Parts of obviously Half on, of ten. on the way to the third straight losing season here. Right. Very much on the way. Like the greases, yeah, the skids are greased with a lot so, of Crisco. So my, point is, Crisco, so my point is, what's right. the difference? I mean, again, there, the, there's the, the old Dan Snyder before he turned over this new leaf. I'm going to give you one, one difference he, here. They, he would follow suit and make the same yeah. move here today. I'm going to give you one difference. Ready? As much as I, you know, I don't love Carson Wentz. I he's ten times better than anything Carolina's got. That's a that, I can't argue with that. Uh, maybe ten times is a stretch, but eight. I'll give Six, you eight, seven, eight, whatever. No question about it. I mean, and and maybe otherwise, what's the difference between the two situations right there's now? There's not much of a difference. There's no there. There's, I mean, Carolina has no hope right now. What's the hope here? What's different? 
You tell us. You're the fans. You observe NFL. What's the difference right now? Carolina just fired its guy after two and a half years of a seven-year contract. What's different here? What gives you more hope in Washington's situation than, than Carolina's? There's definitely more talent here. The wide receiver core in Carolina is comparable with Moore and Robbie Anderson. But otherwise, what's the what's the what's the difference between the two sides? 301-230-0980. Sell us. Sell us that Washington's that much better than Carolina's situation. They're both at one and four, and it cost my guy Matt Rule his job. 301-230-0980 and streaming live for free on the T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Odyssey app. Matt Rule out in Carolina after two and a half years of a seven-year deal. What's the difference right now between Carolina and Washington? Both teams at one and four right now. What's the difference? You know, I mean, really, right now. Maybe there's a little more hope here in D.C. Washington's played better, if you can even say that, getting to one and four than Carolina's one and four. But, you know, Washington's defense has improved. Fifth in the NFL on third down this year, just 30%. They gave up 49. Only the Chargers were worse last year. So they've made huge strides in the mo- one of the most important categories we thought coming into the season, Chris. Defense has made huge strides. It, it, it's It's been very noticeable. They've still given up some big plays on third down, but they've... Payne, they, Allen, Smith, Williams, uh, Sweat, great yesterday. I, all Great. of them. I, I agree. Uh, they've they've definitely they've definitely made some improvements. Now, again, they've still given up way, 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 way too many explosive, big, big plays. Okay, you know, like they 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 have improved in some areas, and they don't even have Chase Young back yet. You know, um, when that will be, I don't know. Um, but going back to the whole Carolina thing again, year three of a rebuild is, as Ron has said. Year three is the critical year. I think everybody understands that, right? You, you, not, not every coach gets to year three, even when they take over a bad product. We've seen plenty of examples of that. But when you get to year three, as Matt Rule did, as Ron Rivera has, generally that is the year where there has to be some uptick. There has to be some positivity. There has to be some sign of growth. And there was absolutely none in Carolina. None. Zero. And... Right now, it feels like there's not a whole lot, if any at all, here in Washington. But the difference between the two, Pete, might be number one, again, Matt Rule did not have full control of the football operation. Uh, again, uh, my buddy um, Teresh at uh, at Tegna 
uh, who's always great to us, you know, like wonderful information. You know, he points out, again, Scott Fitterer, as we were talking about, the GM, uh, joined the team after Rule was hired, so he didn't hire Rule, right? That was David Tepper. Uh, and he points out that Fitterer was the GM who pulled the plug on both the Mayfield and Darnold trades. Again, I wasn't sure if Darnold was traded for before Fitterer got there or not. Um, and then remember how they were supposedly hot and heavy after Deshaun, and Deshaun did not want to go there. Deshaun Watson did not want to go there. You know who also almost went there last offseason? Our guest last hour. Hey, look, but in his position, uh, he, you're he willing should've. to go wherever somebody's going right. to give you a job. Uh, absolutely. But, I mean, but, it's kind of like that in our business. When you're out of work, right. uh, you know, if somebody in no, Tucson, absolutely. Arizona says, absolutely. come host Morning Drive, absolutely. where I'm on the next plane. But I, I guess my point is nobody should think that the same exact situation is in Carolina should apply here to Washington. It's not, okay? And here's one reason why it's not. Besides, again, all the numbers and all the analytics and stuff that point to two organizations still struggling and going in the wrong direction, one owner, okay, and David Tepper, has seemingly more money than, you know, anybody knows what to do with, and literally is staring down the gun barrel of 35 plus million dollars for Matt Rule and God knows what else for the rest of his staff whenever they get let go mm-hmm. could be easily over 40 million dollars worth of dead money if you will in terms of contracts not against the cap does anybody around here think Daniel Snyder maybe a young Daniel Snyder but a current Dan Snyder whether it's because of maturity or, Pete, whether it's because he doesn't want to spend that kind of money, does anybody truly believe that Dan Snyder will fire Ron Rivera, even if things continue to bottom out when he still has two full years left on his contract and and who knows what else he's got in that contract? If You, you know, if you're serious about winning... Unless they turn, look, remember, like Scott and I were talking in the hallway just a minute ago. Remember, nobody circles the wagons better in November and December like the Washington football team. Uh, I thought you were going to say, like the Buffalo no, Bills. They oh, don't so. need to circle the wagons. Their wagons are full speed yeah. ahead already <laughs> fl- going down the tundra. Okay? We don't need to worry about them. But no one circles the wagons better in November and December than the Washington football team under Ron Rivera. The question ultimately is if you're one in eight. Right. When you does get it, to does November, it does it? Well, I guess you wouldn't be one and eight. You'd be one and seven. One and seven. One and seven. Does it matter how well you right? You got navigate. Green, you one and five Thursday if that disaster happens. One and six maybe against Green Bay. Although I, I have a feeling they would beat Green Bay. It's just like that. That's kind of the thing that you know. This team will rise to the occasion. Every, Green Bay nobody is no, will give them a chance. Here's, here's what know. I'll say: Green, Green Bay is not that good. Green Bay is no longer invincible. Uh, that's They're not a 13 win club. I picked the anymore. Vikings to win that division. And right but, now, you look like a sage man I mean, as they are sitting there at 4 and 1. Kirk's first 4 and 1 start ever. Let's get to the phones. 312 0980. What's up, Fox? Fox, how are you? Hey, how you doing? What's going on, Fox? Well, I just want to say if you think about it, we're probably one of the worst teams in the league along with the rest. You guys say you'd be looking forward to um, playing Carolina. I can't guarantee we'd beat Carolina. Benton Jackson, yes, that hurt. 
but you got a corner who's not playing his man-to-man like he should be. And some of the defenses, I'm just disgusted with Jack Del Rio, how far off our corners are in the first place. Chase is coming back soon. Yes, that will help. But if you don't coach these guys like you should, it doesn't make a difference. And I'm going to let you guys ponder on this situation. Brian Robinson just came back this game. We had first and goal at the one. Tennessee calls a timeout. They changed their personnel to a pass-happy personnel. Think about it. Wouldn't it be like fate to change it up and hand the ball off to they Brian were, Robinson? Yeah, I mean, Fox, I agree with you on that premise based on what Tennessee did formation-wise defensively. But Washington was scared they were going to run out of time. Right. And and it was navigating two yards was not easy for the running game yesterday. It was no guarantee. And and here's and here's yeah. the problem, Fox. We talked about the, this over the last you know first two hours of the show. I don't know how long you've been listening, which is fine. Uh, but just circling the wagons on this again, not only what Pete just said about lining back up if you don't get it, which I don't trust this team as far as I could throw them. There's no chance they would do, be able to do that operationally and not throw up all of themselves. But on top of that. Again, if, you, if you've invested what you've invested in Carson Wentz, and even though John Dotson wasn't there, Deami Brown obviously did, did well enough uh, to fill in for John Dotson, you still have Terry, you still have uh, uh, Curtis Samuel, you have J.D. McKissick, you have whatever tight end you have, John Bates, okay, whatever. I, like, your, your bread and butter, if you have one, is still your passing game, right? That, that is... I mean, so so conceptually, yes, it, it does make sense to go with your best with with, with your best skill set, I guess, or your the best the thing you do best. And I agree with that, but with our offensive line the way it is, that's fair. That's really our strength. That's fair. You got to, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, no, you I, I totally understand. I mean, because they're they're not good in pass pro, Fox, no matter which way the you call. call hey, it. here's the moral victory from yesterday. We didn't throw it 40 times for the first time all year. We threw it 38. Oh. Threw it 38. But. I mean, there were more than 40 dropbacks. Yeah, because they had three sacks. Right. Here's here's the thing to me. You know what I'd have done yesterday? How I'd have cra- tried- By the way, how crazy is three sacks? And the because it was only three sacks and there were no intentional groundings, that that felt like a huge, huge, huge win yeah, for the offensive line. I agree. And Wentz. Well, that's why he had time to make those throws yeah. to De'Ami Brown. Um, they threw the ball, though, Chris, 38 times. Terry McLaurin was only targeted six. six. Yep. Okay? That's... And not until early in the second quarter. Right. Here's the other thing. You know what uh, I would have done? seven minutes left to go in the second quarter. If, if I were Scott Turner, and that on the first down play, the one right after the interference penalty, I over because I got the ball on the left hash mark. I overload the right side with receivers. I put at least twins out to the right, if not trips. And you know what I would have done on the first down play if I wasn't in fear that the time would run out? I would have run backside behind Leno and Norwell with them having safeties and DBs already committed, linebacker probably already overcommitted on that because far side. Because you're overloading the Because you're right thinking, set. if you're Tennessee now, you're thinking, I got McLaurin, Brown, Samuel, and a bunch formation. They're going to rub route. Mm-hmm. They are 100% going to rub right. route here. I need to put as many bodies over there in case somebody gets rubbed off 
to try and stop this play. Whether uh, you stack them, whether you align them side dime, by whether side, you put them what, in a, whatever you, know, you do. Almost in a, you can put them in a, uh, you know, traditional three man pyramid, stack, whatever, whatever. Okay, and I would have run backside behind Leno okay. and Norwell to try and get two I yards. like the idea of that, but n- let me let me extrapolate that just a sec before we get back to the calls 301 uh and um and Eric Flack has some interesting news uh here that just popped up from WUSA9 mm-hmm. that I want to pass along. Um the if you do that do you do that with McKissick as the back, which is what no, he Brian was? No, Robinson. On... I'm, I'm so, trying to so, plunge this ball in the okay, end zone. Okay, but then when Brian Robinson is in, does that does that make it a telltale giveaway that no, we're going to run? Not at all. Not at all. Because, because you're saying the formation. The formation is dictating okay. what every other team seemingly runs down on the goal line. We're running a rub route to get I, somewhat. We're setting a pick to get somebody open. I think open. this is fascinating because my argument was they should have at least sold run by putting Brian Robinson in there just to get Tennessee to think that they would run. I didn't even think of formationally what you could do with Brian Robinson in there by spreading them out, putting the three receivers, like you said, however you want to design it to one side of the formation and presumably the right side, and then, like you said, kind of do the opposite. So it's interesting. There's so many different – to me, the last five minutes of that game, I don't want to go too crazy here. Peter was one of the most fascinating five minutes – that you're, that you're ever going to see in, in any sport, in any context, and it was a stupid Commanders-Titans game. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, there are so many decisions that are made in that five-minute vacuum, that five-minute bubble, or that could have been made or could have been done or ways to do... Like, you just outlined something two and a half hours into the show... That I didn't think of, and to me on the surface, my first visceral reaction is, ah, how come they didn't do that? Just like when I walked in here this morning, I hadn't thought about, hey, wait a second, McClor- I was thinking McLaurin and or McKissick could just easily fall into the end zone, which they may have with forward lean. They may have, but to your point, what the hell are they doing running routes outside of the end zone? And taking that chance. Yeah. I mean, there are so many angles and elements and 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 things that went on in the final five minutes of that game. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And, and lost in the shuffle yesterday, Cole Holcomb had 15 tackles. And Montez Sweat's final line, six tackles, two sacks, three tackles for a loss, four quarterback hits. I mean, just... Just sensational yesterday. Just sensational. Not not sure. Not sure he could do um, you know much better uh, than he did in that game yesterday. Except so, keeping his helmet on. Well, that was part of it. That was part of it. To keep your helmet on, big fellow. We don't want that fifteen yard penalty. Also, John Bostic got on the field yesterday. Yeah, and got obliterated on that one on the, screen. On the screen, yeah. yeah. I felt uh, bad. That was for the him. one to Henry, or was that the yeah. touchdown on the next uh, play? I can't remember. I think it was the play to Henry. Yeah, 24 yards. Henry, you know what? Uh, again, we, Barry Horowitz. Best player we on t- their team, We, we talked about this last Thursday, I think it was. Mm-hmm. We said, watch out for Derrick Henry, not only outside running. He didn't do as much of that yesterday as I thought. I tried to chart a bunch of his runs, and then I gave up. 
Um, Washington. He was was good as a a screen receiver, not only on that 24-yard play, but he had, I think, a seven-yard screen uh, right down in front of me, which set up his second touchdown. Dude, you've got – look, I mean, Washington, his biggest run of the day was 15 yards. Washington kept him under four yards of carry. You keep him under four yards of carry. you got to win that game. You've got to win that game. I mean, the Washington run defense was – just, I mean, they those guys Listen, played their ass there off. There was no Traylon Burks. There was people forget about this, and this is why I'm not as high on the pass rush after yesterday as everyone else is. I'm hopeful, but I'm not as high. I'm not as sold. They didn't have Taylor Luan. He's gone for the year. Yeah, now but, they haven't but, had him for a couple of years. But, but if they don't play like that against reserves, wouldn't you be even more fair. concerned? That, that's fair. That's fair. What I guess what I'm trying to say is I don't know if that's sustainable every week or if that's going to become the new norm. But I, I guess my point being is that was such a pedestrian, pedestrian, it might be light. That was such a pedestrian offense that they played yesterday. And yet while they played well at times on offense, they still couldn't score enough points to outlast it. And by the way, you remember what score I picked with Sheehan on Friday morning? <clears throat> Can't remember. 2017? No. 21-17. Was it really? Yeah. Ding, ding. I think that's the first time that I have ever hit a score in terms of an on-air prediction. I have hit, like, exact scores, like, bets, before, you know how you can like bet like, oh, you know, the Nationals will beat the Phillies 5-4 and, you know, you'll get crazy plus, you know, 1,200 odds or whatever and you throw down a, a dollar and you get 35 out of it or whatever it is. Uh, I've hit that before a couple of times. I don't, I don't remember the last time that I hit an exact score prediction and I had 21-17 Look at you. Look at you. You can go check it out, Russell, at Medhurst in the podcast section, baby, at the Team 980. Should have went down the street there to BetMGM and made a big bet I know. and bought yourself a $2 steak. I would have made me some J.P. Finley money. Could have bought yourself a $2 steak. Coming up, Dumb Dumb of the Day. Also an amazing performance in college football season this season that you didn't see over the weekend. It'll It will tickle Russell's heart, I promise you. It might even tickle him in other places when we when we tell you about it coming up. Plus, there's a local team in the AP Top 25 who you're probably not thinking about either. All that and more next with the Dumb Dumb of the Day. Right now, Russell tells us what's trending. All right, again, uh, the big breaking news as we've covered for you all this hour. If you missed any of it, hit the Odyssey Rewind feature on the Team 980. Matt Rule fired two and a quarter years into his tenure in Carolina, 11-27 and 27 overall, uh, replaced by Steve Wilkes as their interim head coach. So Ron Rivera's replacement is now gone. Washington also with the same record at 1-4, and four, also in year three, as we've been talking about as well, after another disappointing 21-17 uh, lost to the Tennessee Titans, who have now won three in a row. And this from Eric Flack of WUSA 9 TV. Not only did the Commanders lose a fourth straight game on TV, but Flack reports that in terms of television ratings, the Cowboys-Rams game drew 4,000 more viewers than the Commanders and Titans game. Uh, the Commanders, however, as uh, Flack does point out, did locally beat the Ravens and Bengals Sunday night football game, however. For you ratings people. And that's what's trending. Israel Abanaconda is his name. Running the football is his game. 
somehow, and this is where pro football focus, you might as well flush all their doo-doo down the toilet. Okay, when I tell you this. Ooh, this is strong. All right, Israel Abanaconda, Chris, on Saturday for Pitt against Virginia Tech, ran the football 36 times for 320 yards. That's 8.9 yards a carry. And oh, by the way. Is, Is that pretty good? He scored six touchdowns. Is that good? Pro Football Focus scored him a 79.1. So whoever the little number nerd that did the pit game, fire them. (laughs) Fire them. (laughs) They're killing your integrity, Pro Football Focus. They're killing your integrity. Wait, let me guess. His his pass blocking grade was not good, or or he had maybe a drop or two in the pass game, or did he have a fumble or anything like that? No. No fumbles. No fumbles. Okay. So I, I had thirty-six have, for three twenty, six touchdowns. But he had to have something to bring the grade down. Is is my point? So I wonder what it was. What, I, I would have to what look. What could that it up. possibly I, well, be? I, I just gave you a couple of options. They, they went over half their plays were Israel Abanaconda running the football. Listen, Abanaconda, Anaconda, by any other name. I'm just saying, like, if he had a fumble... 320 yards is a lot of anacondas. If he had drop passes, uh, you know, if he missed several blocks and passes, I don't know. Was not targeted in the passing game. Okay, all right, so that eliminates that. Shout out to my guy, Daba Fofana, 21 for 159 and three scores for Navy in their 53-21 win over Tulsa. We had anaconda and and Daba Bofada? Daba Fofana. Daba Fofana. Fofana and a Bonaconda. Bananarama. Fofana. Fee what was that, fee, something, what something was that old song? Uh, banana, 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 uh, I don't banana, know. I, I can't remember. Y- you it can now. get people to call in on it's the It's Russell and Medhurst oh. on yes, the it, team night. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yes, it is, Mr. Voice. That's guy. exactly right, Voice. And man. he just saved me from. Uh, you know that song, that B5 yes. Banana. Yes. Banana. People can call Whatever you on the locked, in, locked on uh, Commander's podcast yeah. and leave you messages, and you can. <laughs> You can replay them for him. How's that? Okay. Time right, now for our Dumb Dumb of the Day. It's time for Dumb Dumb of the Day on Russell and Medhurst. All right. This one sent at the last moment by the co-executive producer of this show. Right? Is that his title? Brian Powell? Yes. At BG Powell? Yes. At BG Powell. So good to us. Always Contributing, always keeping track of our, our associate horrible college football producers, bits. Brian Powell yes. and Ryan right. Powell. No relation. Right. But Brian generally contributes a little bit more than Ryan, right? Um, anyway, I mean, we have a bunch of good guys, you know, at Boston DG. Just you know, Ross is always sending us stuff. You know, we we have we have good stuff. So Brian sends this in. Asking if it was dumb, dumb, worthy. And of course, to that, I say, yes, of course, it's dumb, dumb, worthy. So traffic was a breeze for you and I getting in this morning. Very rare, right? We both got in safely. No problem because it's Columbus Day and because a lot of people uh, have off. The schools have off. And in most cases, some teachers, I guess, have to you know, teach a work day or whatever the whole deal is. I'm not sure. Uh, but the bottom line is, is a lot of people have today off federal workers, all that. So you think no traffic, right? So perfect day to stage a protest. 
In Silver Spring, Maryland this morning, this from NBC4 Washington, demonstrators blocked two left lanes of I-495, or otherwise known as the Capitol Beltway, right before U.S. Route 29, again in Silver Spring. Now, they've been removed, but what was the protest for? They were carrying signs for declare emergency a group demanding that president joe biden declare an emergency to address climate change and according to uh the video that was shot uh members of law enforcement were of course seen talking to demonstrators and then pulling them off into a police van it backed up miles uh, traffic rather for miles pedro delays stretched according to nbc4 washington to near Maryland Route 355 at one point, which is about five miles away from the protest scene. So imagine you're just scooting around town thinking, ah, it's Columbus Day. I can get where I need to go. I don't, there's no going to be no traffic. And then you get stuck in a quagmire of climate change nonsense. Nonsense. For that reason, and that reason alone... All of you people from the Claire emergency that backed up traffic for five miles. A, you suck. And B, congratulations. Congratulations. You're Chris's dum-dum of the day. I guess that's a double congratulations, but you get the point. On the verge of our... How much would that piss you off if you got stuck in that? Look, if I've seen this before where people are... And you know me. I'm, I'm, like, I'm like a really calm, cool person. But if I'm needing to get somewhere, mm-hmm. or if there's emergency vehicles in the back of all this, and mm-hmm. we've got these goobers doing this, okay, <laughs> goobers doing Pedro's getting out, and I'm whipping people's ass, okay? I'm getting out, <laughs> I would pay. and I'm whipping people's ass. I, I would freaking pay a lot of money to see okay? this. Just like that homie that ran out there with all the pink smoke and yeah. everything that Bobby, that Bobby Wagner Bobby blew up, Wagner, right. okay? I'm going with a karate thrust to the throat oh. on the first person that steps toward me in that group. Are you like Cobra Kai or are you uh, Miyagi Do? What, what are you doing? I, yeah, I could go Mr. Miyagi. Yeah. I could do the Ralph Macchio yeah. crane. I could do the crane. Yeah. All right. And that homie's going to come toward me and he's never going to see because see, my right foot would be on the ground. Uh-huh. He's going to think my left foot's doing something. And then all of a sudden, when I go, whoop, pow, and my right heel hits him up underneath of his chin and he falls in the middle of the beltway and all of his little people come over. Oh, oh. Are you okay? Are you okay? You're such a bad man. You kicked him in the face. You're such a bad man. Go away. But that's just one knucklehead. What did you call them? Goobers. Goobers. I'll call them a knucklehead. What do you do with the rest of the idiots? You kick their ass too. How many people's asses are you going to kick? I don't know. Have you ever and seen? What are you going to do with their you ever stupid seen cars? Jackie Chan in one of these movies? Yeah, you're not Jackie Chan. I can be. What are you going to do with their How cars? How do you know I can't be Jackie what Chan? What are you going to do with their cars? Lift them up with your other arm? I'll get in a car, start the car, and I'll get it out of the way. I'll say I'll start from left to right, and I'll say, all right, left lane's open. Let's go. Why don't you take Ron Rivera and Scott Turner and see if they can help get you out of a jam? I don't know, but I would take Montez Sweat, Deron Payne, and John Allen with me. We get the road open pretty quick. We get the road open pretty quick. Um, Real quick on the way out, uh, Maryland on the verge of being ranked, couldn't finish against Purdue. Okay, And it's not Virginia. It's not Virginia Tech. Nope, ladies and gentlemen, it's James Madison. Can't go to a bowl game. Can't win the Sun Belt. Congratulations. November 26th, be in Harrisonburg, Coastal, and 
James Madison to J. finish the season. That'll be Dukes. their bowl game. Congratulations to Coach Signetti and company uh, for getting uh, ranked 25th in the country in the AP poll in their first year as an that, FBS team. That is incredible. And before we leave, closing time, one last thing. Saturday night at the end in Philadelphia. Bray Wyatt is back, baby! The eater of worlds! Yeah! <laughs> Bray is back! Woo! Can't wait for Monday Night Raw tonight. That'll take place over Kansas City and the stupid Raiders. Coming from someone who knows how to eat worlds. Our man, the big fella. That'll do it for us. Doc and Richard. Or I should say Richard is Doc. And Scott are up next right here. It's Burgundy and Gold today. That'll be a fun three hours. Can't wait to hear what they have to say uh, of Washington's 21-17 loss to Tennessee. We're back tomorrow at 9 right here on the Team 980 in the Odyssey app. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.